Good morning and welcome to the very fast little sale English podcast and today we're going to look at five different C2 phrasal verbs. They are take on, bring about, stand up for, put off and get away with. I know, I know what you're thinking. Phrasal verbs, Ronan, we got phrasal verbs. We don't need to learn, especially take on. However, bear with me because I'm going to teach you it my own unique way, of course. So let's just get the show started with take on. Basically, that just means to assume or accept a responsibility, a task or a challenge. So let's talk about taking on responsibilities. I took on blah, blah, blah. What is a responsibility? Responsibility is something that you are in charge of, something that you need to ensure will go well. I took on a babysitting gig. I took on a babysitting job. I took on minding my nieces and nephews next weekend and now I'm regretting it because I want a party. So that just means you are going to take on the responsibility of ensuring these children are safe. Perhaps you have young cousins. Perhaps you are an aunt or an uncle. Have you ever taken on minding your nieces and nephews for a weekend or for a couple of hours? We can also take on different roles at work. I took on the role of quartermaster in the scouts. That's actually a true one. Quartermaster is the name of the person who mines all the equipment in a group or club or an organization. And I was the quartermaster, which meant I had to log how many tents we had, how many pegs and uh, how many tools for camping we needed, for example. All of those. So I took on the role of quartermaster in the scouts. Now, we can talk about taking on a role at work. I took on the role of assistant manager when Sharon called in sick. Is it your job at work to take on extra responsibility if someone is absent? Imagine there's a business meeting and the person who was going to be in on the meeting is sick. Can you take on the meeting? Can you take on the responsibility of standing in for that person for that meeting? Taking on responsibility is very important. When you take on a responsibility, you're in charge of what may happen, good or bad. And there's various different levels of responsibility a person can take on. And of course, for very different reasons. You can take on babysitting, like I said, for a family member or a friend. You could take on the dinner. In fact, that was one that was in my house when I was a kid. You know, I had to take on the responsibility of first taking the meat out of the freezer to defrost. And then as I got older, it was always my responsibility or my siblings responsibility to cook the dinner. So the siblings and I took on the responsibility of cooking dinner, took on the midweek dinners. It could be a task where you have to send something to someone. Not so common anymore, I guess, but I was, again, thinking of my childhood where my dad would give me an envelope and I had to post it before 5 p.m. So I took on the responsibility to mail or to post something. And at work, it could be for more tasks or a project. You know, you could say to your boss, I'd like to take on more responsibilities. And that that is a good sentence or phrase to use at work if you want to climb the ladder or if you want, and I say, more of a leadership position within the company. Sometimes a boss might say to you, hey, Ronan, I'd like you to start taking on more responsibilities. When I worked at a vineyard, 
about seven years ago when I first moved to Kelowna in British Columbia. I worked at a vineyard and it wasn't long before I took on extra responsibilities. I took on the role of a supervisor and I had extra tasks to do during that, during that period. It was a beautiful job, I must say, I really enjoyed it. You can take on tasks. Imagine you're at work and you have a lot of free time because you finish all of your tasks and a colleague is very, very busy with something. You could offer to take on some of their tasks or responsibilities. Hey, Johan, can I take on some of your work to free you up? Excuse me, is anyone able to take on this task? It's not hard, but I just don't have the time right now. Well, let me take on those tasks. I have some free time. Hey, so I got ahead with my other projects. Are there any other smaller tasks I can take on right now? And the last collocation that we look on with task is a challenge, to take on a challenge. My name is Ronan and this summer I'm taking on three big swim challenges. The first challenge I'm taking on is a 2.1 kilometer swim across Okanagan Lake. That's in July. The second challenge I'm taking on is the Cal Lake 4.5 kilometer swim in August and I am nervous for that. I've never swam that far in my life and I'm fully aware I'm under no illusion of how difficult it is going to be. The third swim I'm taking on is either a 5km or a 2km swim at Galatly Bay in Kelowna in September. And I'm on the fence about which one I want to take on. Do I want to take on the 5k or do I want to take on the 2k? Both are incredibly tempting for very different reasons. If I take on the 2k, I can end the season with a short swim and I can just go hell for leather on that one. That's a beautiful idiom, hell for leather. And uh, to do something with ferocity and speed is to do it with hell to hell for leather. And, you know, perhaps I'll do that one or maybe I'll do the 5k and challenge myself more. It's a different type of challenge to take on. So we'll play that one by ear. But those are fitness challenges. You know, and there's other types of challenges you can do too. You could have a challenge in gaming. It could be something to do with art, it could be poetry, it could be absolutely anything. Maybe you can take on a language challenge where you study every day for at least 15 minutes. I know a lot of people who do that with Duolingo or Anki. So take on a language challenge. Could be a good one. Alright, that is take on. Let's take a look at bring about. And to bring about is to cause or make something happen, especially a change or a result. It's generally used for change, and I always like to think about it of cause and effect. The cause is a new government policy, and the effect is a stronger economy and more houses. So we can say the government's new project or new policy brought about a stronger economy and more houses. The revolutionary technology brought about a major shift in the way people communicate and interact. TAP brought about way more people using debit and credit cards. Before TAP came along, you know where you just tap your card for like a second and it goes beep? That, that really did bring about a lot of changes in how people shop. It became so much easier to not carry cash. So that brought about huge change in business and commerce. 
the organisers' efforts to raise awareness about environmental issues helped bring about a significant reduction in pollution levels. Inflation has brought about higher numbers of people attending food banks. Very true, unfortunately. Higher food prices have brought about more crime. The discovery of a new cure for the disease has the potential to bring about a breakthrough in medical treatment. I do love that about medical treatment. How if you look for a cure for A, you might bring about better treatment for B, C and D, for example. You know, it's uh, the knock-on effects of the medical industry is massive. So that is to bring about, to cause or make something happen, usually a change or a result. I always like to think of it as cause and effect. Now the third phrasal verb we're looking at is to stand up for and that means to defend or support someone or something especially in the face of opposition. So stand for and stand up for are two very different things. If you stand for something you believe it and support it. To be honest it's not so common in modern English maybe in politics. But to stand up for is to actively defend or support someone or something. You can, number one, defend physically. My brother stood up for me in the schoolyard, for example. And that just means that you were in some trouble and your brother defended you. Maybe he pushed away the bullies. Stand up for can also be to counter a person's argument. You know, you always criticise her when she's gone. She can't stand up for herself when you do that. You'd never criticise her face to face. So to stand up for, to counter an argument. You know, I wanted to stand up for her. Because she wasn't in the room. John kept making fun of Mary. I stood up for Mary. I told John to be quiet. I told him why he was wrong and why Mary's a great person. So that is to counter a person's argument and stand up for a person. I love that one. Actually, another one with stand up for in terms of defending yourself physically. A true story here. I know a guy that was mugged last week. And he did not stand up for himself and I think it was incredibly smart. No joke. I live in Kelowna and I've lived in Kelowna for seven years. And I mean, I know there's problems downtown. I know there's problems in every single city. I know there's a huge amount of theft and petty crime, but never a mugging. You know, I don't know anyone that has ever been mugged. And if you're listening and you don't know what mug is, it is a terrible thing to do. And it's when a person robs you on the street. It's when a person has a knife to you, for example, or a gun pointed at you and they say, give me your wallet, give me your phone. That is to mug a person, M-U-G. Now, my student was mugged. I'm using the passive tense there because obviously we don't care who mugged my student. The fact that he got mugged was terrible. And so that's a really, really shitty situation to be in. However, he was incredibly smart To not stand up for himself and to not fight the guys. They pulled a knife on him for God's sake. And if someone pulls a knife on you, standing up for yourself might not be the best option. In fact, the best way you can stand up for yourself is to just give them what they want. Long story short, they got his shoes, his phone and his wallet. That's horrible. Absolutely terrible. However, in my opinion, he was incredibly right to not stand up for himself physically and to just give them what they wanted because it could get more dangerous of course anyways he got his shoes back he didn't get his phone or his wallet back but that's not really a surprise so this guy did not stand up for himself he did the right thing 
My brother stood up for me in school. He beat up the bullies who were pushing me around, for example, and that is to defend physically. In that spiel there, I also gave the example of standing up to a person's argument. And, you know, if someone is making fun of your friend, you might stand up for your friend because they're not there. Okay, moving on from that one, stand up for in terms of defending yourself at work. Very important, folks. You need to stand up for yourself more at work. I can't do it for you. There are times when you may need to stand up for yourself at work. If there is an office bully, or if someone has been hard to get along with. Maybe management keep wanting you to do more, like check emails after work or something. You need to stand up for yourself and bring that to a stop. It's definitely not easy to stand up for yourself all the time, but honestly, it is such an important skill. I can't imagine how hard it must be to stand up for yourself in another language as well. So, if someone is expecting you to answer emails after hours, what can you say to stop that? If a person keeps annoying you at work with little comments, what can you do to stand up for yourself? If someone wants you to work on your day off, how do you stand up for yourself in that situation? What if someone wants you to take on a responsibility of doing menial tasks like, hey, making coffee or something? How can you stand up for yourself in a respectful way without causing a huge scene or something? Especially the one about days off. What would you do if you arrived to work and someone had changed your days off without consulting you? Well, you got to stand up for yourself. You have to explain why what they're doing is wrong, but you got to do it in a kind of tactful way. You don't want to be too brutish. So my name is Ronan and I am very good at standing up for myself. I like to think that I don't take a lot of shit from people. I like to think that I can stand up for myself in a very respectable and calm way and present an argument based on facts. So here's some tips I was thinking about for standing up for yourself. Number one, practice conversations at home. I'm not even joking. Talk to the mirror, a partner, a pet, and get them to assume the role of someone you may need to stand up against. If you practice what you have to say when the time comes, you should be able to stand up for yourself more. Number two, know exactly what you're standing up for. Like too often people try to stand up for themselves and get sidetracked because they don't know exactly why they're doing it and then they let out a load of emotions. If you're standing up for yourself based on the day off that the manager wants you to work, stick to it. Don't bring up other stuff too. Number three, say no and be strong. Easier said than done. Four, don't forget to breathe. Very important. Breathing is good. And number five, accept that it won't always work the way you want. And that's 100% okay. And it's alright to be nervous. Anyways, There's a lot of things you might stand up for. You might stand up for your sibling or a friend in a physical fight. You might stand up for your friend's name when they're not there to defend themselves. You might stand up for yourself at work if someone is trying to take advantage of you. If someone has been a bully to you at work. And when you stand up for yourself, you defend yourself, sometimes physically, sometimes verbally. Okay, number four was to put off. And that is to postpone or delay an event or an action. So they put off the new training because the coach got sick. They delayed the new training because. We usually use put off for an event or an action, not like a schedule for a bus, a ferry, a plane or a train. 
The bus was delayed, not put off. The train was delayed by six hours, not put off by six hours. Think about events. What events have you been to in the last 12 months? I was at a talk in a local university. I was at a concert. One of the talks was put off by a week because uh, COVID, for example. During COVID, everything was put off. New movies were put off indefinitely. New movies were delayed indefinitely. And those are like events. You might put off going to the dentist. That's an action. You might put off your birthday barbecue because of the weather. That's an event. You might put off hiking due to the extreme heat. That is an action. Your company might put off the office party because they don't want to spend the money. That is an event. So different ways to use put something off. Put off something. Alright, the last phrasal verb we're looking at in this very short podcast is to get away with. And that is to escape punishment or criticism for something often by being unnoticed are uncaught. The bank was robbed and they got away with it. No one knows who did it. Despite being caught stealing, the shoplifter managed to get away with it because there was no evidence against him. So in the very first example with the bank being robbed, no one knows who did it. That's just unknown. They were unnoticed. Maybe they robbed the bank at night and that's why they got away with it. And then maybe you catch a person stealing, but they get away with it because there's no evidence And they shall remain uncaught, basically. The wealthy businessman committed several fraudulent activities, but he had influential connections that allowed him to get away with it. Corruption. I bet where you live there's corruption. There is corruption every single where on this planet there is corruption. And it seems in a lot of places I know the more money you have, the more strings you can pull and therefore you get away with a lot more. You escape from breaking the law a lot easier. The reckless driver had a serious accident but fled the scene and got away with it because his dad was rich. I hate that one. It's all too real. It's very true how if you have a rich parent you might get away with a lot more compared to someone who doesn't have a rich parent. She lied to her parents about her whereabouts but she got away with it as they didn't suspect anything. She said she was drinking in the park with friends. Oh no, she, (laughs) excuse me, she was drinking in the park with friends, but she told her parents she was watching a movie with her friends. Yes, so she got away with drinking in the park. That's something that I definitely got away with as a kid. Sometimes I didn't and I got in a lot of trouble. Anyways, folks, thank you all for listening. Five phrasal verbs. Take on, bring about, stand up for, put off, get away with. You should study these phrasal verbs. You should make different sentences. A positive sentence, a negative sentence and a question. Really easy way to start to remember phrasal verbs. Can you think of a responsibility you took on? Has the government made any changes? And if so, what did those changes bring about? What is something you'll always stand up for? Is there an idea or a belief? When is the last time an event you went to was put off without notice? And have you ever gotten away with something evil? I'd love to hear your answers. If you have any questions, please email me. Ronan at littlesaleenglish.com. Very easy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you are happy. Please check out my website, www.littlesealenglish.com. I got a gift coming for you very soon. 
I'm going to be releasing my very first podcast workbook. So stay tuned for that. But please do send me an email, drop me a line, message me up, let me know how your English is getting on. And if you have any requests, do not hesitate to reach out. My name is Ronan. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.